0: May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGown. Well, I want to welcome you to church today as we continue our message series of It's Not About Me. Um, Have you ever heard of the 80-20 rule? You ever heard of the 80-20 rule? Right, that's where 80% of the work gets done by 20% of the people. Okay. Now that's the kind of church I grew up in as a kid. And the reason I know that is because the whole time growing up there, even as a teenager, I was never asked to do anything. They never asked me to serve anywhere in the church, and so, you know what? I never did. In fact, my parents, they never served anywhere in the church either. You know, I mean, eventually my dad, he was eventually on some kind of a board or something like that, but they were, they never actively served at the church. And this taught me two very wrong and very bad lessons, okay? The first one is this. The first bad lesson I learned is is that you have to be super spiritual in order to serve at the church. You have to be super spiritual in order to serve at the church. Um, I just thought that, you know, if you aren't super spiritual, then really, you don't have any business doing anything up at the church, you know? And the, the thought was that no, well one day, you know, if you learn enough Bible verses and if you amass enough Bible knowledge and you go on enough mission trips where you hand out enough Bibles to people in the dark jungles of Africa that have a bone through their nose, then you can maybe be an usher. I was like, really? The second bad lesson that I learned is this, is that I learned that it is okay to be a consumer. I mean, actually, it goes even deeper than that. I was actually encouraged to be a consumer. I mean, I showed up at church, you know, somebody handed me my bulletin. They had great music for me. They had a great message. When I went to my youth group, they had a great lesson in there. They even provided, you know, banquets and retreats and even a camp. And they were okay with me not doing anything. And I was certainly okay with it. But unfortunately, that fed in me an attitude of entitlement that said, it's all about me. And unbelievably, through my church, I learned to be self-centered. Now, honestly, I think things would have been different had I been part of that 20% that was serving other people. I mean, honestly, I think I would have gotten a lot more out of church I also think that I would have actually developed a servant's heart where I would consider other people better than myself. But I didn't serve. Now, the 80 20 rule is very much in effect here at Parkway Fellowship. But it's different than the 80 20 rule that my church, at, growing up as a kid, at the park, it's flipped. Because right now, even as I speak, we have 81.5% of the members of this church that are actively serving in at least one place here at the park. Yeah, that's awesome. That is unheard of. It's incredible. And what I love about serving at the park is that all of our volunteer teams are on a rotation basis, and so you don't have to serve you don't every serve every single week, which means that literally It takes an army of people on a rotation basis to make Parkway Fellowship the great church that it is every single week. And so I want to personally say thank you to all of you who are already volunteering because you're doing an incredible, incredible job at making this church what it is. Um, Now, unfortunately, though, I have observed that this attitude of entitlement across our country is getting worse, not better. I mean, I see this attitude of entitlement in the teen culture. I even see it in society where people expect the government to do things for them. Now, that's their expectation nowadays. I even see it in people's relationship with God. That if God doesn't do this, or he doesn't fix that, or he doesn't provide this, you know what? That God must not be real. Or God is not good because he didn't answer my prayer like I wanted him to, when I wanted him to. It's basically a, what have you done for me lately type of mindset. It's a mindset that says, it's all about me. And the danger for us is that if we don't do some things to combat this attitude of entitlement, if we don't do some things to combat that it's all about me type of mindset, I'm telling you, that self-centeredness can creep into our heart and take root so quickly. And it's easy to spot that attitude of entitlement in someone else, right? But I'm telling you, it is not so easy to spot in our own hearts, And to help us, our Heavenly Father gives us a couple of verses that we're going to look at this morning that shine the light of His holiness and His truth in those dark places in our hearts to expose them and to help us keep that kind of self-centered attitude at bay. And I'll even say this, that if we're not going to do, we don't do the two things that God is going to talk to us about today, then honestly, it's more likely than not than we ha- that we have an attitude of, it's all about me. That is set up camp in our hearts. So, go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so already. And let's start with asking, what does God want me to do? Well, two things, and here's the first. Number one is this. Offer to serve where God wants, not be served like the world wants. I need to offer to serve where God wants, not be served like the world wants. Now, these first couple verses that we're going to read this morning are, honestly, they're some of the most famous ones in the entire Bible but I, when I came across them and getting ready for this message series, something jumped out at me that never had before. So let's read it. It's Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Okay? I want you to underline that phrase. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, that part of offering your bodies as living sacrifices, honestly, it's got numerous applications, you know? Don't have sex with somebody that you're not married to. Don't give yourself to gluttony. Don't become addicted to alcohol or tobacco or drugs or any other kind of substance, okay? The, The list of things that we should not do, pretty easy to come up with. But it's not quite so easy or obvious to come up with that list of things that we should do. And since we're talking about serving today, let's just limit our discussion from this point forward just to to serving. So if I'm supposed to serve God and offer my body to him as a living sacrifice, then when it comes to serving, I should be able to say to him, okay, Lord, here I am. What is it that you want me to do? Not how you want me to think with my mind, not the attitude that is in my heart, but what is it that you want me to do with my time? What do you want me to do with my hands? What do you want me to do with my feet? Lord, what do you want me to do? You see, that's what Paul is getting at here. See, He's not talking about the Things that you think about. He's not talking about the condition of your heart. He's talking about what you do. Because here's the thing you could say that you love God all you want, but if that doesn't filter down to what you do, then the words are meaningless. Now, we've had some developments with our North Campus. Before the holidays, we had 305 adults, youth, and children committed to go be a part of the launch team for the North Campus. I was talking to Pastor Adam this morning. That number is now 401 people. (laughs) Holy smoke, that is an amazing number, okay? Now, that means two things. First thing it means is this, is that if you're a part of the launch team for the North Campus, God needs you to serve. You need you to serve, and really, when you're starting a new con- new campus, I'm telling you, everybody needs to be serving in multiple roles. And I've talked with Pastor Adam, and he's told me there's a ton of people that are already committed to serving in multiple roles at the North Campus. And that's one of the things I love about starting a new campus is because it provides so many more opportunities for people to serve. And people that honestly had never gotten involved before, man, they just jump in and they get involved and they start serving. Some for the first time ever. And so, I mean, it's an incredible opportunity. Um, but if you're on that launch team and you haven't volunteered to serve anywhere, then volunteer to serve. Be a part. Get in the game. I mean, because that is offering your body to God as a living sacrifice. Being willing to serve where he wants you to. And look, and I know 401 people, it sounds like a ton of people, but I'm telling you, it takes A small army of people when you're talking about, you know, starting an entire church. Now, the second thing that this means is that there are now 401 new serving opportunities here at this campus. (laughs) And so we need people to step up and fill that void, to be a part of the things that are going on at this campus. And let me say this, because we already have a large group of people that are serving, If you're not serving at this campus, then today, this is God reaching out to you, inviting you to come and to be a part and to serve. Look, you don't even have to be a member here to serve at this campus. You just have to be willing. Now, the world would say to you, hey, let somebody else do it. I mean, seriously, you got three kids. It's really hard to get all those kids ready to be here in the morning. And if you're here serving one hour and then you go to church another hour, then your kids are here two hours. You know, so really just sit back, get through this service, you know, do the fill-ins, go eat some Mexican food, take a nap. You, you won't feel nearly as guilty when you wake up. Just, just get through this, okay? No! We have to actively combat that attitude of entitlement. We have to do some things to get that out of our lives and out of our heart. I mean, it's so easy to say, you know, oh, we don't pass your I mean, I would volunteer, but, you know, I just started a new job. I I need to, you know, get my feet on the ground and really get, get acclimated before I volunteer. Or, you know what, we just moved here. Let us get all our boxes, all our boxes unpacked, and then we'll get involved. Well, I got a newsflash for you. You're going to have unpacked boxes in your garage for years, okay? <laughs> I mean, you got to readjust your thinking here, okay? So get involved and be a part. Remember, the world would have you like put off serving God. The world wants you to be served, not to serve. The Bible, in this passage, God says that you and I are to be living sacrifices. That means that to serve God, it's going to take some sacrifice. I mean, it just is. That's just part of it. It's not always going to be convenient. I mean, I think about the guys in the parking lot. I mean, those guys, they're out there when it's rainy. They're out there when it's cold. They're out there when it's sweaty hot. And they're serving God, and they're serving you. I mean, those guys are living sacrifices. See, God calls you and I to be a living sacrifice, and part of that means is that we sacrifice some things on our part so that we can do some things on God's part. I'll be honest. I wish my church growing up as a kid had asked me, and encouraged me to volunteer, even as a teenager. Honestly, I'd have done it. But they never did. And I didn't know I was supposed to. I didn't know how. I didn't know where. And honestly, if I had, I think I would have grown up less entitled. If I had served, I think I would have understood that you don't have to be super spiritual to serve. In fact, I'll say this, you won't be super spiritual Unless you do serve. Now, the second lesson we're going to talk about, I think it rarely gets mentioned, but for me, it is the most motivating. Okay, so number two is this. Ask God to use me, not pass over me. Ask God to use me, not pass over me. Now, let me set this passage up before we read it. Here's the deal. Saul is the king of Israel. And God has asked Saul to go to war against the Amalekites and to destroy everything. Well, Saul fights the Amalekites, but he doesn't destroy everything. Instead, he keeps the spoils of war for himself. He does not do what God asked him to do. And so God tells the prophet Samuel to go and to confront Saul about his disobedience. And Samuel does. And after Samuel busts Saul for his disobedience, as Samuel turns to go, look what happens. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 15, beginning of verse 27. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else. You see, when Saul would not do what God asked him to do, God gave the role of king to someone else. And we now know that that someone else was David. In other words, when Saul didn't do what God wanted him to do, God found someone who would. I've thought about that over the years. That if I don't do what God asked me to do, God will find somebody else who will. And then I'm the one that misses out. I'm the one that misses out on God's blessing. I mean, think about it. If Saul had done what God had asked him to do, then he would have remained king, and history would have been much different. Saul would be admired in the Bible. He would have set a very high standard for the kings that would follow him. His fame and reputation would have spread throughout the land. And everybody that you know that is named David might instead be named Saul. It's true. But that's not what happened. God passed over Saul and gave that responsibility to David, and the rest is history. And it all came down to what, he, what Saul did and did not do. And there's a sense in which God has given us something to do. He's given us opportunities to serve him, things to do for him. And if we're willing to do it, I'm telling you, there is great fulfillment on our part. I mean, to know that God is using you to spread his word and to develop his kingdom. I mean, it brings a sense of great meaning and purpose and satisfaction in your life. Honestly, in serving, it's also a great way just to get to know other people. But if you don't do what God asks you to do, I can promise you this, God will find somebody else who will. Just like he passed over Saul and gave that responsibility to David. And I believe that if David had not done what God wanted to do, God would have found someone else. So here's what I'm saying. Don't be Saul. Be David. When God gives you an opportunity to serve, then take it. Seize that opportunity. Volunteer. Get in the game. Be someone that God can count on. To do what he wants done. I Honestly, I love that we're opening this North Campus because honestly, it creates so many more opportunities to serve. And I've talked to Pastor Adam this week, and I said, hey, you know, I'm going to be talking about serving. Is there, is there any, like, any one particular place where you really need people to serve? He said, no. Truth is, we need people everywhere. I said, okay. And at this campus, the West Park campus, did you know that we have 77 kids ministry volunteers that are going to go serve at the North Campus? So we need people that are going to step up and be a part of the kids' ministry, to fill those spots. We need people that will lead small groups for the youth ministry. We need people that will lead small groups for the adults and host small groups for adults. And because we're going to start broadcasting this service by video, now we need camera operators for every Sunday to be in this service. There's tons of places to volunteer. And let me just say this. God's going to find people to get done the things He wants to get done okay? His kingdom is going to roll on. His message is going to be be proclaimed, okay? People are going to hear about him. Everything's going to happen. It's going to get done. The only question left to answer, really, is will you allow him to use you to do it? That's the question. Or will you let God pass over you and give that responsibility to someone else, Be the person that says, yes, Lord, you can count on me. I'll be a living sacrifice. I will offer you my time. I will offer you my hands. I'll offer you my feet to do whatever you want me to do because that's the very least I could do for you. You died for me. So the very least I could do is to live for you, right? Look at this verse. Last verse this morning in 1 Corinthians 6, beginning of verse 19. Surely you know that your body is a temple where the Holy Spirit lives. The Spirit is in you and is a gift from God. You are no longer your own. Underline that. You are no longer your own. I mean, you. I can't think of a better way to say it's not about you than that. Look at this, verse 20. God paid a great price for you. So use your body to honor God. What does it mean? It means that Jesus bought your forgiveness with his death on the cross. He paid for your forgiveness and for mine with his life. And for those in this room that have accepted his forgiveness, according to the Bible, that means that you don't belong to just you God paid a great price for you so use your body to honor God and one way you do that is by serving him and when you serve him in any capacity I promise you you're doing something that is more meaningful than you could do by doing anything else and for those of you in this room that have not accepted his forgiveness for your sins then the question is why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you? Look, Jesus died on a cross to pay for your sins. And if you accept his forgiveness, then you get to go to heaven when you die. But if you don't accept his forgiveness, then you don't get to go to heaven when you die. Instead, you go to a place that the Bible calls hell to spend eternity paying for your sins yourself. Why would you ever want to do that? The offer of forgiveness is free. You don't have to do anything to earn it. You just have to accept it. Now, the expectation is, is that once you accept that forgiveness from Christ, that you would follow him from that day forward because he paid a great price for that forgiveness. And so once you accept it, the truth is, you are no longer your own because a great price was paid for you. Let me say this one final thing. Don't do what I did growing up in church. Seriously, don't do what I did. Don't just sit and watch other people serve. Get involved. Be a part. Get in the game. Be used by God. Volunteer. You don't have to be super spiritual in order to volunteer at the church. In fact, I'll say it again, you can't be super spiritual until you do. I'll also say this, there is no better way to combat that attitude of entitlement than by learning to serve other people. And that attitude is so pervasive in our culture, it is sweeping across our country. Don't be swept away by it. Combat it. Let God use you. And be the kind of person that adds such meaning and value to your life because you know you're serving God. So get involved. Serve. Volunteer. Would you do that? Would you? Take your connection card. I want you to look at the, at the next steps that are on the back. I want you to check the next steps that you're willing to take because of how God has inspired you. Maybe it's this first one. I'm willing to serve, so send me Info about places to volunteer at the West Park campus. That's this campus. Now, if you check that box, we're going to send you, we're going to email you a form that you can fill out. It says, hey, it's got all the places you can serve, you can pick where you want. Make sure that you send that form back to us quickly because we need to start getting people involved and plugged in and trained before this North Campus kicks off on February 9th, okay? And if you want to volunteer as a small group leader or host for adults or youth, you need to stop at the, at the small groups kiosk out in the foyer because those small groups sign up start next Sunday, so we need to get you some information immediately. So stop there on your way out if small groups is what you're wanting to do. All right, next. i want to serve, so send me info about places to volunteer at the North Campus. You want to volunteer at the North Campus? Check that box. We'll send you a form about how you can get involved. Next. Send me places where my teenager can serve at church. We have an entire... Uh, form that is unique just to teenagers about all the places where they can serve at the church and honestly it's most places so make sure you help your teenager get signed up or if you want to serve with your teenager it'd be a great thing serving with your son or daughter at church how cool would that be check that box next send me info about being a part of the launch team for the north campus you want to be a part of that launch team check that box pastor adam will be thrilled to death Love to have you, and I'd love to see you be a part of something that God is doing on the north side of Katy. be awesome. Next, I will pray the prayer to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. If you've never prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower, there's a sample one on how to do that at the very bottom of your message notes. Not on the card, it's on the notes. If you've never prayed that prayer before, I'm going to give you a chance to do it in just a second. So if you've never accepted that free gift of Christ for forgiveness, this is your chance to do that. So, but before I give you a chance to pray that prayer, two more next steps. Here's the next one. I will memorize Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform to longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is an awesome set of verses. Everybody should have memorized. Or this last one. I will give the Christmas offering before January 31st. I'm telling you, there are some little girls who'll be so glad that you did. So give that Christmas offering if you haven't done so already. I wanna give everybody a chance to do business with God. So I want you to look at your next steps, whatever you've checked, I'm gonna give you a chance to pray and ask God to help you follow through and to change your life because of it. And if you're ready to pray that prayer to become a Christ follower, this is your chance to do that. So I want everybody right now, bow your heads. I want everybody to bow your head, take these next moments Do business with God right now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash fellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.